I'm going to also take a second to tell you all about one of our show sponsors. That's Norse Fire Equipment out of North Dakota. Whenever I first started talking about having sponsors for the show, I really wanted it to be genuine businesses that are firefighter owned and operated and people that have good business ethics and have a good mission. Matt Vercota reached out to me from Norse Fire Equipment. He and I have spoken and, and talked back and forth a little bit, got to know each other. And he seems to fit that criteria. He's a full-time firefighter and founded this company in 2020 to provide a good place for firefighters to be able to get equipment that they needed to be able to do their job and have it at a good price and just good quality equipment instead of some of these places that want to sell you real cheap crap. For Y'all go over to NorseFireEquipment.com, coupon code COWBOY5. That'll get you 5% off on your online orders. All right, guys, on with the show. Dispatch to all units. This is a third alarm. Switch to the TAC channel. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the TAC channel. I'm your host, Heath Meredith. This is the Third Alarm Cowboys podcast. This is the podcast for firefighters. We talk about real-life situations, everything from leadership, promotions, things in your station, things at home like finances, relationships, even some things that may be a little controversial, but that's real life, and that's what we're going to talk about on this show. Guys, welcome back. I'm recording a little early on this show. I had a ton of people reach out to me and want me to specifically cover a certain topic so i was feeling uh feeling super brain power i figured i'd go ahead and jump on here and and start recording and and go ahead and get this show and i'll probably try to release it a little early so you might get two episodes in one week which is not usually my norm with the the way that uh my life has been super busy here lately but that's all right it's just all a plus i just want to continue to thank everyone for reaching out all the uh, the different stories that I get, people messaging me, asking me about certain circumstances, how they would handle things, and I absolutely love the feedback that I get on the show. All of you that reach out and say that you you know you appreciate that I give give my explanation and my thoughts. I don't sugarcoat. I let you know how exactly I feel when it comes to certain topics, and so I love that interaction with all of you. And you know, continuing to message me if there's certain situations that maybe I can help or give my advice then I'll do that. And if it's something that, that, uh, I'm flat out tell you that, that you're in a bad spot or you have a, you know, a, a hard uphill battle ahead, I'll warn you of that too. Uh, just know that most of the examples or, um, solutions that I have to problems might not necessarily be everybody's cup of tea and it may not be exactly right but i'm going to at least tell you what i think and it's up to you to decide on on how you want to act on those different situations within your departments across this nation so i just uh want you all know feel free to, to keep messaging and i absolutely love that y'all go ahead and follow us on spotify follow us on apple or subscribe on apple and leave us a review i get messages from you tell me all the time everybody needs to listen to this show people need to need to hear what i have to say well, really, the only way that I can do that is is by spreading the word. I'm doing all that I can do on Facebook of, of you know getting the word out and, and sharing 
the show as much as possible and a, a bunch of y'all have been sharing all of my content and I, i'm greatly appreciative of that because that's what's that's what's helping this movement helping this team grow and so that's you know that's really all thanks to y'all but go ahead and follow subscribe and leave us a review um that really helps the algorithm bullshit with all the you know the computer tech savvy people out there that know all about that the more the more followers that you have and the more reviews you have basically the more those platforms push your podcast for other people that have interest so if you know you have interest on your stuff that has fire related shit or leadership related stuff whatever self-development shit anything like that then it just bumps this podcast up further on the list where it's a you know a higher recommendation from those platforms like Spotify and Apple and Google Podcasts, all that good stuff. So y'all be sure and do that. And and then if you you know when you're following us on on Spotify or Apple, as soon as I post a episode, you'll get the notification for it. That way, if it's super early in the morning and you're headed into work, you'll go ahead and get the notification. You can listen to it on your way into work before you even get to the station. Get your mind kind of fired up and. Hopefully, I can get you uh, get you fired up and ready to do the right thing and make some good decisions and and help out those on your crew and help out your community. That's what my goal is, and that's what I hope to do. Um, another thing, I'm running, starting to run low. This is it's a good problem to have. Um, but I'm starting to run low on on some sizes on our shirts because the those of you have really uh the last week or so have really started to step up and order and ordering a lot more shirts and I'm greatly appreciative of that. That's what's keeping us that's what's keeping us rolling and allowing me to um pay for the software and some of the equipment and things that I've been expanding and doing and truly really trying to grow this show. That's how I'm getting the funds to do that. But the toll on that is is some of my sizes are getting uh getting a little a little low on the inventory, which, you know, don't worry, I'm gonna I'm gonna order more and I'm gonna, you know, release some some new shirt designs pretty soon. So I just want to thank y'all for that. But if you are wanting a shirt, you better go ahead and get it because some of my sizes are not, um, I don't have a shitload left in certain sizes. So anyways, well, um, I'm going to jump in on the, on this show and something that I've been messaged and asked about several times is how I view chain of command, how I view the departments, fire departments as a whole, as an industry, the fire service, whatever, us being paramilitary and all that stuff. So that's what I'm going to talk about on this show. So the very first thing that I'm going to address whenever it comes to the chain of command in the fire service, and I will need people to understand, I truly believe in the chain of command in the fire department. I believe that that is absolutely etched in stone. I believe that... There are very, very few, if ever, acceptable reasons to violate the chain of command within the fire service. And I believe that anyone that doesn't see it that way does not understand exactly how this industry and how we were designed and the fire service was set up. So everybody hears that we're, you know, we're paramilitary organization, that fire chiefs love to throw that shit out all the time when it comes to enforcing uniform codes and when it comes to enforcing rules and all this other, you hear it, it gets thrown up all the time about how we're a paramilitary organization. Okay, that's cool. That's cool. Except for over the last 10 years, we're no longer acting like that. 
So in the military, a guy in boot camp, whatever branch you know you want to call it, they all have different names they call a guy, but a fucking rookie in the military does not get to go and address the fucking commander-in-chief. Does not get to have an open-door policy with the commander-in-chief of the United States. A day-one rookie does not get to go and walk in and have an open-door policy with the fucking general of his battalion or whatever. I don't know exactly, but y'all understand what I'm saying. That is not how this shit works. It's not. So I'm going to give y'all an example. I'm going to tell y'all a little bit of, little bit of a story on where this, some of this is coming from. So a few years ago, I was working at a department. I had, I believe I was on overtime in the mandatory overtime. Or anyways, I had an extra shift that I was working at Station 1, which was the chief's house. It was the full damn chief's house. You had the head fire chief, assistant chief, deputy chiefs, and battalion chiefs were all downstairs in the same damn hallway and just right side by side. And then the bad thing is you had to walk by all of them just to get to the watch office. And then, of course, the you know the living quarters and all that stuff were upstairs for the on-duty crew. I was sitting there at the kitchen table with the, the EO that was on that shift, and we were sitting there, and this was the department. Y'all have heard me reference it a lot of times. There was a shitload of turnover rate. It just... So there was constantly rookies you had just all the time. But we're sitting there, and the rookie that was on that shift, he had been there maybe one or two shifts. So he had done his new hire orientation, which was a couple weeks, three weeks, whatever long. Um, and then he had been on shift for a couple shifts. So my first time really getting to meet him besides burning, you know, burning him during the rookie academy and doing the training and stuff during the rookie academy. So I didn't really know this dude that well, but – we're sitting there at the kitchen table. Chief comes up, calls him down. And I'm like, all right, you, you know, as the officer, I'm the captain. So I'm like, you know, chief, you need me to come? No, no, no. I just want to see such and such. Okay. That's strange. Well, whatever. So he goes down there. He's gone for several hours. Comes back upstairs. The EO and I were sitting, Had we had gone and done something, but we came back. We were sitting there again. We were sitting there talking about tactics or something. He comes in and sits down, and I just point like ask him. I'm like, "Hey, dude, what uh, what was all that about? You were gone for a long time." And he said, "Well, you know, Chief wanted to have a have a conversation with me, and basically, what ended up coming is this dude had a lot of years of service as a volunteer, and this was his first paid career fire job. So, you know, that's cool, whatever." I know where he volunteered. He volunteered for a little bit of a rural style volunteer department. Uh, yes, he did have, he had some experience. I'll give him that. He had some, some experience, but going, I myself did that going from working in a rural area to going and working in within the city limits of Houston, where you, you're not fighting trailer house fires and grass fires. You're fighting multi-store apartments and large commercial properties and all this different stuff. So it's a completely different dynamic. So the level of experience, while yes, you understand the basic knowledge, but the level of experience is different. So when you go and you completely change response areas, if you will, or anything like that, you're starting over pretty much is what I'm getting at. You're starting over. 
But the chief calls him down here, tells him that he had all these years of experience, and so he was going to rely on him as being a senior member of that shift. And if he had any problems with any anyone on that shift or other shifts or officers or or anything of that capacity, he needed to come directly to the chief and let him know about the situation. And I just looked at the guy. I kind of snickered. <laughs> I was like, all right. And I looked over at the EO and I said, you believe this shit? And he's like, he just grinned and laughed. No, because we we've already seen the writing on the wall on this. At this point in time, I'll be completely honest, I was already basically out the door. I was securing a job at another department, and I was leaving. So my give-a-fucks were very slim. And so I just told the guy straight up, I'm like, all right, man, look, let me let me give you some education here. For one, the chief is blowing smoke completely up your ass because he does not, for one, he completely insulted volunteers every other day of the week. He couldn't stand it. He said that they were, you know, every terrible stereotype that people talk about volunteers that's what this chief believed about volunteers and he said it on the daily so i just looked at the guy i'm like he's not giving you credit for any of your service time that's him just blowing smoke trying to gain an ally and secondly because you are coming here with experience let me ask you a hypothetical question you tell me how you feel about it and he's like okay what do you got and i said well if you were coming into this department and you were a captain because this department took lateral moves and they were constantly short on having officers. So there would be officers that were coming in and, and that actual spot that I was working, they had hired an officer um, laterally to come in to fill that position. And I was just there on overtime. That guy had just not started yet. And basically the chief was laying, laying the foundation of the pre-work to have a snitch in on that shift. So when this new captain came in, he had an ally and a mole so that he could kind of know what was going on on that crew. But that's a whole other deal. So I just looked at the dude, and I'm like, how would you feel? You've been in the fire service for a while. You understand how the shit works. How would you feel if you were a new officer coming in, fired up, wanting to come in and run a crew and do things, bring your experience from the other places that you had worked and your training and your education and everything else and try to come in and run a crew? And you found out that the department that you came to, which... They did. They just threw the captains to the wolves, to be perfectly honest. They threw everybody to the wolves uh, because you were just a number there, so nothing really mattered. But you're coming in there, and then you find out that the rookie firefighter on that crew is running to the chief behind your back on every decision that you make. And the guy looked at me, and he, stripped, he said, well, I wouldn't like that. And I looked at him, and I was like, well, then why the fuck are you going to do it? And he said, it's what the chief asked me to do. And I was just, I just shook my head. And I said, well, man, look, this is the deal. I've already been here for several years. I've seen multiple examples of your kind. The chief is going to use you. You're going to be his snitch. He's going to use you for whatever he needs and what whatever the situation comes. And then whenever it all shakes out, he's going to shit can you just like he has every other person just like you. And the guy was like, well, damn, really? And I'm like, yeah. Um, when it comes down to that, people... And we're, I'm going to get deeper into this show when it comes to but But what people need to understand right, right off the bat right here. If you're that tattletale, if you're that snitch, if you're that mole, whatever. For the, whatever level of chief that is asking you to do that. For one, you're in violation of the chain of command. 
The chain of command is there for a reason. It's there to protect you. And it is to not be violated for any fucking reason. If the chief is asking you to do that, for one, that tells me that he does not deserve the position that he has as the chief. But secondly, what you need to understand, especially if you're a rookie coming in, your career is going to be way longer than that chief's. And if you get labeled as a day one rookie, you get labeled as the snitch, the mole, chief's boy, whatever the fuck, you need to understand that that reputation is going to stick with you for the next 20, 25 years after that chief is gone. After he's retired, he got to stroke his little ego, and he's gone, he's out the door. And you are labeled as a piece of shit for the rest of your career. And you will not be able to shake that off. No matter how hard you work, no matter what you do, no matter how high you promote, you will never shake that reputation. I'm here to tell you in the fire service is a small, small, small world. Very small. And if you get labeled with a reputation like that, you are fucked. Bottom line, you're fucked in your career. That's it. There's no way to sugarcoat that. There's no way to be nice about it. You know, I myself, I have reputations of being, you know, being a hard ass. I have a reputation of with some places of being a troublemaker because I refuse to bend and do some of the corrupt, crooked bullshit, and I'm going to call it out, and I don't go along with that stuff, and I'm cool with that reputation. But I also have a reputation when it comes to my tactical operational abilities. There's not very many that can that can hang. So to each his own, I'll take that all day long because that is my personality, and I own that shit. But not once have I ever been labeled as fucking the snitch on the crew that's running to the chief. And I'm telling you, you will never get another job. You will never be trusted by your crew. You will be fucking hated. So if you want to go to work every single day and be hated, then do that kind of shit. But if you want to have a good reputation of the guy that everybody wants on their crew, that whenever you put out there that you know you're ready to change stations or you're promoting and you literally have either if you're promoting you either have captains fighting over to get you to come over to their station or battalion chiefs and district chiefs fighting wanting you to come to their district to their station that's the kind of reputation that you want you want the reputation that everybody wants you to come work for them not the reputation of being the damn snitch on, on the fucking crew okay some people that doesn't matter some people, they think that that shit's okay because all that they're seeing, I said on the last episode of Memorial Day, we have to start thinking forward. You have to start thinking into the future on what you want long-term out of your career, what we want long-term out of the fire service, and thinking about trying to keep a chief happy today that's going to be retired in the next three to five years is stupid. That's, that is short-minded, dumb, stupid shit. Just put it off. Or tell, you know, if the chief is demanding you to behave that way or do that kind of shit, obviously that means he's a piece of shit. I'll throw that out there right now. But if he's demanding you do that, then just bullshit. Just say that there ain't nothing going on. I mean, you, you don't have to indulge information on stuff that doesn't happen. You just take care of your fucking crews, guys. Take care of your crews. Worry about... Your crew first, the shift second, then the department. 
that's that's where you got to start thinking because that damn crew is the ones that's going to save your ass. That's a whole other aspect of this that I'm not even really getting into. But the people that you're fucking snitching on are going to be the ones to save your life. Think about that. Do you really want to be one of the guys that's snitching on a motherfucker that has the opportunity that night? that You go that morning. So that dude that morning, he goes and talks to the chief at a department where we burned a lot. And he runs the risk now of he's now labeled as the crew snitch running where we could very easily have a fire that night where the guys that he was gonna is getting recruited to snitch on are going to be the ones that have to save his life if he goes down. That's a very high possibility. Start using your brains to think ahead on shit. That is the reality where we're at. Stop thinking about what you got to do to try to make a chief happy. I've told y'all a million times. If the chief ain't treating you right right now, before you start kissing his ass, he's not going to treat you right after you kiss his ass. Bottom line. that That's just how the shit works. They're either good moral character leaders or they're not. No matter what information you feed them, no matter what you do for them, they're not, it, you, it's not going to sway either way. That's, that's the reality of the situation when I say that we have a cultural war going on within the fire service that's what i mean is there is the people that are doing the job with good moral character good principles and and being good overall and then there's people that that aren't and they want to play games and they want to dangle carrots and they want to just try to promise you shit but they're never going to follow through with it take it take this shit from me with experience that's, that's the reality of how the shit works. And the quicker that guys start understanding this and taking it from people like me that have, that have already kind of been there, done that when it comes to the seeing the shitty, the shitty side of the leadership, we can cut it out quicker and y'all are going to have a lot faster learning curve than I had to having to wait around almost 15 years to understand that every chief out there, every captain out there, every battalion chief out there does not have your best interest at heart. A lot of them have their own interests at heart. And if it's a chief trying to recruit you to violate the chain of command, then they have their own interest at heart. So that moves me into the next portion of this. Where I believe that a lot of these problems have started and where they're going. Now, there is a lot of chiefs out there and a lot of, of I mean, this is all levels of chiefs. There's a lot of chiefs out there that will say, I have an open door policy. Come come see me, come talk to me. They're saying that out of the kindness of their heart because they want to A, still be part of the crew, still be part of the guys, still be part of the department and the shift and all that. And I totally get that. That that's that camaraderie. And by having an open door, that means that they're welcoming. Okay, there's uh there's some chiefs out there that they are able to have those kind of conversations. And interactions with the crews and the shifts and every all the department personnel, and it's cool. They have that ability to have that relationship. But like I just said, it's a relationship. Exchanging information for getting something out of it, that's not a relationship. And that's where you have to start using your brain to understand, like, hey, yeah, there's some chiefs out there that 
yeah, they're they're fucking awesome. You can go and sit with them. You can go in because they do have an open door, and they just want to genuinely know what's going on with the crews because they care. Then there's the chiefs that want to know what's going on so that they can keep their fucking thumb on you. There's a big difference in that. And the way that you protect yourself from that type of chief is through the chain of command. At no point, no point, just, I'm going to use this as an example for, I would say, 9 out of 10 departments out there right now. At no point as a firefighter, an EO, captain, any on online, on-duty top personnel, should you ever go into the chief's office by yourself. If you are a firefighter or an EO, you do not go in that chief's office without your captain. You don't. I don't care if it's for commendation. I don't care if it's for a, hey, let's go and have a bullshit session. You do not go into that chief's office by yourself. For one, it, it sets a bad precedence. It shows that there could potentially be a problem. It looks bad. Okay, it looks bad. For two, it is a violation of the chain command. The chain of command goes up and down. We want to talk about military. That's the way the shit works in the military. You report to your supervisor. They go up. Now, sometimes things may get lost in translation, and that's not necessarily a good thing, and that's a communication problem, but you have that level, as well as from the top down. You know, the generals report to, to the captains and whatever. I don't know all the different ranks of all, in all the different military branches, but y'all know what I mean. So in the fire service, it's the same way. The fire chief reports to the assistants. The assistants report to the battalions or deputies or districts, whatever. They report to the captains. Information flows up and information flows down. And that way, if there's an issue that can be resolved at a certain level and can re be resolved properly, then it doesn't get blown out of proportion. How many of y'all have worked at a place where whatever fucking shift didn't take out the trash? And this is where it also goes important, too, of me being around for longer than 10 years. I've seen a, a drastic change in the fire service as far as how the chain of command within your crew works. So how it's supposed to work. Now, a lot of departments are growing so rapidly that it doesn't have the option. And truthfully, like I've said before on the show, we don't have that 10 to 20 year firefighter anymore running around that's able to to run the crews, basically, that's able to be that senior, that that guy, like myself, is few and far between. So we do have a little bit of a breakdown when it comes to this within a lot of crews of a lot of departments out there. But let me tell y'all traditionally how it works and how whenever the fire service, the fire departments actually finally get fully staffed, how it will be again. So if you are a firefighter in your chain of command, you report to your EO. If you're a rookie firefighter, you report to that senior. And the senior reports to the EO. The EO reports to the captain. The captain takes the shit to the battalions or the districts or whatever your department calls them. 
But that is your chain of command as far as being an on-duty crew member. That is it. And the reason why is because most of your little nicky-knack bullshit things that y'all are wanting to talk about and, and make mountains out of molehills of can be stopped at that level. And it doesn't have to go to the chief level and make everybody look like a jackass. Because I'm, I'm here to tell y'all, the fire chief doesn't give a fuck about the crew yesterday didn't take out the trash. And the more that that kind of nicky-knack bullshit gets to the fire chief, the fucking dumber y'all all look. You may think that it's like, whoa, yeah, I'm going to go. I'm going to go make C-Shift look bad because everybody wants to hate on C-Shift. I'm going to make C-Shift look bad because they didn't wash the truck and they didn't take the trash out. But you're the on-duty captain. The reality is, this is a side tangent, but I'm just going to tell y'all, when you show up that day, that fucking truck... And that fucking station is yours. What they did yesterday is their problem. What you do today, if the truck is clean on your time, that's your problem. If the station is clean on your time, that's your problem. Yesterday's crew is gone. It's yours now. Just own the shit. Clean it up. Put a smile on your face. Be glad that the station is clean. That the truck is clean because you did it and you got to do it the way you like to do it. The way it needs to be cleaned in your opinion, and up to your preference. That's how you handle that shit. It doesn't need to go to the Chiefs, guys. That kind of nicky-knack stuff is what's making us as online personnel look stupid to a lot of these Chiefs, especially a Chief that's already power-hungry, and then now you're letting you're putting that seed in that Chief's mind that the damn crews can't even take out the trash. The crews can't even wash the trucks. And so now he's like, oh, well, I really need to know what they're doing with their time. So you're cre- y'all see how this shit, it's, it creates its own problem because y'all think that you're trying to one-up somebody and you're creating your own problem. And so now the chief's got to know what y'all are doing with all the time he's paying you to be there for. When if you would have just followed the simple chain of command in the beginning, if there is an issue, if it comes to relief not showing up, to the trash not being taken out, the dishes not being put, all that kind of shit can be handled at the firefighter level. There is no fucking reason why that kind of nicky knack shit should ever even reach the captain. EOs out there. Some departments call their EOs lieutenants. I've, I worked somewhere where that was the case, but either way... EOs, you are the captain or the lieutenant's right-hand man. However y'all staffing is, but but y'all are that first promoted level before the officer. You are the right-hand man. You handle all the shit. All that kind of personnel stuff, squash that shit. Don't even let it get to the captain. Because I'm here to tell y'all, in old school rules, if shit got to the captain, then paperwork had to be put on it. Do y'all really want paperwork wars to start? Y'all have heard how I feel about paperwork and write-ups. You wipe your fucking ass with it. But if you really want write-up wars to start and paperwork wars to start on who didn't take the trash out, do some ignorant shit like that. If you'll follow that simple within the crew chain of command, then everybody is protected because the EO, so just say that, say it's not something small and shit like the trash or whatever. Say it's actually a real issue like a piece of equipment 
or something that's missing or you don't know where it's at. There's no reason to run to the captain about that shit if the EO, maybe the EO is using it or the 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 two EOs making relief, they already had the piece of equipment situation handled. Now you're running and jumping that chain on something that was maybe it was something that they had to go air up a tire or some shit. Y'all see what I'm saying? If it's the little things, if you will just open your mouths and communicate with the immediate next level up from you, then that's all you really need to do to be successful. Plus, if you want to talk about saving your ass, that puts the blame off on the next person up. It's their job then to move it up up the chain. Okay, If you let your EO know something and they don't handle the problem, whatever it was, and then the captain comes down you say, well, I, you know, I went to my senior about it and I went to my EO about it. Now you have two more people that are also accountable for whatever the situation is. But if you, as a firefighter, run directly to the chief behind some shit, well, now all you really did was get everybody in the chain in trouble. And now they're all going to come down on you. Now they're all going to, they're all going to hate you. One of the hot topics in the fire service is always how to deal with these younger people in the fire service. I heard it whenever I was coming up. It's, you know, everybody shit on millennials and this, that, and the other. Well, I'm a millennial, and now I'm one of the senior guys out there. That's that's throughout all the time. That's the way the next the this generation thinks of the next generation. They're just shitbags, whatever. But I get asked all the time, well, how do you deal with these younger guys when it comes to some of the some of these different topics? Primarily like this. Because they want to feel like they can run directly to the chief and talk about whatever. Well, a solution that I see to that is for it it's a major lack of, of proper education. I've already covered how I think that a lot of the problems can stem from how fire chiefs will do. They'll they'll pull firefighters in, they'll coax them in, and try to you know basically lead them in the in the wrong direction. Well, like myself in that instance, you have a firefighter. He's been told by the fire chief go do this, and then he comes upstairs. Well, then he's talking to the on duty captain. I tell him my opinion on it. He's talking to well now. See that guy is now pitted between his on duty crew and the chief. Does he make the crew happy or does he make the chief happy? And so for that individual, he's thinking right now, well, the chief is my boss and signs my paycheck, so I need to make the chief happy. Which, And then we're thinking, well, he's a snitch, so fuck him. So it automatically, instantly creates a little bit of turmoil. Well, something that I see as a solution to this problem, especially for the younger folks coming in, that they, you know, I mean, you don't have a fucking class in high school about how chain of command works in the fire department. A lot of these people don't know this stuff, so it comes down to needing to be educated. But when you have a guy come in his first or second shift and he's being told this by the chief, that's a that's an improper education. That's setting him up for failure, and he doesn't know any better because he hasn't been told any different. So something that I think we could do as a fire service, for one, fire academies need to step their game up. 
Fire Academies, Fire Academies, in my opinion, have become nothing but a money grab for a lot of institutions, whether it's colleges or uh, private businesses that are teaching fire schools. They're not preparing firefighters truthfully to do the job and what the job is truly going to be. They take their three, four, five thousand dollars. They give them enough to pass their shit to get their state certification, and they send them on the road, and then they become our problem. That's bottom line. That's what's happening at a lot of places, and I hate it because a lot of. I mean, you don't get into the fire service. You don't want to. You don't say I want to be a firefighter to come in and and be hated. You don't. You uh, people join this career path because. They want to serve their community. They want the brotherhood, the camaraderie of working with other firefighters and being in that firehouse environment. They want that. So they're not joining this career or being forced into this career to come here and be a shitbag and be hated. Now, as your career goes on, people may develop and become, they morph into whatever the fuck they morph into. But originally, most people get into this, this field want want to be liked, okay? So fire academies need to step up their game and start teaching people the real job. Whether it's the physical requirements of the job, the mindset requirements of the job, because Lord knows this is not a normal 8-to-5 job. There's going to be a lot of sacrifices that you're going to have to do. People need to be educated like, hey, you're going to miss your kids' birthdays. You're going to miss your wife's and husband's birthdays. You're going to miss Christmas and Thanksgiving. I've had new guys that came in. They didn't even understand that they were going to have to work holidays and weekends. That is a major fault of someone throughout that individual's education of the fire service. He was not told that he the shift work of how the shifts landed. I mean, this poor guy genuinely thought he got to work at the fire station Monday through Friday, 8 to 5. And that was a that was a major fault. But that's something that fire academies really need to step up their game on and start teaching people the right way to do the job instead of only worrying about making money off of these individuals. Fire academies need to explain the chain of command. I mean... The academy that I went to, we had a, you were assigned a crew. I was on Alpha Crew. That was our company, Alpha Company. We had a, a company captain, company officer. As a company, we reported to him, and then he took everything to the instructor, which most of the instructors were all labeled. They were like an assistant chief or whatever. So he, the officer took that to their superior. So we had a very strict chain of command. That was embedded into us from that point on. A lot of academies, I guess, are not doing that because people just don't, they're not, they're not grasping that concept. But that's something we could definitely do is step up the game in the, in the academies when it comes to teaching all these different things. Now, another thing that we absolutely need to do with these individuals, a lot of departments do like a panel interview. They do, you'll have your panel interview where you'll sit down and you'll meet, you know, with different ranks throughout the department. And, you know, you'll do your panel interview and everything like that. Well, that's also a time to do some education with those candidates. Not only are you setting them up 
for if they come to work for you, but you're also setting them up for when it, they go to work for any other department. So instead of getting caught up on all the different aspects that go go on throughout a panel interview, which are, are needed at a lot of places, but something that you could do is say, well, okay, you know, whenever you go through the whole process and you get to the end and you give them the opportunity to ask their questions about the agency and they ask their questions or whatever. Well, that's your time to kind of lead into and do some education on on the agency specifically to that individual. So that would be a time where you could be like, hey, just want to let you know. I mean, y'all can use whatever wording that you want to, whatever. But you could just say something to the effect of, hey, just want to let you know one of the aspects of working at this department is we have a very strict chain of command policy. I'm not huge on policies. I hate that fucking word, but I'm just saying. We follow the chain of command all the way up and all the way down. And to someone like me, that's going to pique my interest because I'm going to say, oh, really? Okay, so so there's actual structure in this department and y'all follow that no matter what. Oh, yes, Absolutely. You're going to be addressed by your captain to you as a firefighter. Your captain is going to be the one giving you orders. Your captain is going to be the one that you go to to ask questions, to get solutions, to take problems to. And then your captain handles everything up the line. And I'm going to say, okay, badass. Because that cuts out all the bullshit. That cuts out all of the miscommunications that could take place for me. You know, how many times do you t- do you do in an interview or on a on a written test or something and it says, "Well, you're given an order by this captain and then another captain comes along and gives you this order or district chief battalion chief comes on and gives you this order. What do you do? How do you handle that situation?" Well, if you say that you have a very strict chain of command policy, then that cuts out that whole need for that question because now you know you answer to your captain if there's an issue or they need you to do something as a firefighter or whatever rank that you are, if they need you to do something, then they come directly through the chain of command to give you an order to do something. Some people may not like that. I've heard some old school guys that said at Houston Fire Department, there was some officers that worked there that the chief or the captain may have something for the firefighter to do, and the firefighter could literally be standing right in front of them or sitting at the table in front of them. And that chief would look over at the captain and say, hey, have the firefighters go do such and such. And some people took that to offense. Me, personally, I don't. I think that that's great because, yes, we can have a normal, like we can have a conversation talking about hunting and fishing and football and whatever, But when it comes time for an order to take place or anything in that capacity, then it's coming directly through the chain command. That way I know who to report back to. And then also that gives you a little bit of insurance and security because if you're doing a, say the battalion chief or district chief comes and gives you a order to go do something. Well, the captain had asked you to do something else, but you think, well, shit, I need to do what the chief says because he outranks him. So you're doing a totally different project, and then the captain comes to you and says, yo, man, I was on a timeline on this. The shit from the district chief, battalion chief, that could have been done whenever. Well, now you have not d- done your job 100% because y'all missed the timeline 
or the deadline on something that needed to be done, and it was all because of miscommunication, because there was a breach of the chain of command. That's a great example for that. And while, like I said, some people may take offense because they feel like they're they're a little uh, dehumanized because that individual, that chief, did not speak directly to them, but at the same time, I think it's great. I think that, I mean, yes, you heard it, whatever, but... It gives you that level of protection, and it also lets the captain know what you're going to be doing for the next however amount of time, where they're going to be. He's going to be able to come find you, because you're going to get up and go do the go do the project, go do the task, whatever it is that needs to be done, and that way everybody in the station knows what it is that you're doing. It's not a bad thing to have a rigid chain of command. That's how we were founded. That's how the military runs. It's when you start getting these sideline conversations going on and you start getting the clicks established. Well, I'm going to go to such and such because that's my boy and I want him to look good and I want him to do this. You st- that's where you start having all the different breakdowns. And, and a lot of it just strictly stems from having an absolute poor chain of command. It's not... It, it's not being followed properly. Bottom line, it's not it's not being followed properly and I think I've given some pretty good examples on different instances of how this would work and why it should work. Now another thing for for the young guys out there cuz people like I said people you know want to want to always talk down on the next generation. Well, I go back to the reputation thing. Young guys coming in, rookies, y'all coming in, people that are new to the fire service. If you will follow that chain of command, that's really, really going to give you a good reputation because it shows that you're willing to work within the structure that has established and carried the fire service for all these years. For all this level of time. It shows that you respect the chain of command. And you respect the positions that are held. Now I myself, I'm, I completely understand if there's a situation where you may respect the position. But you don't necessarily res- respect the person. And that's okay. But you res- are, you are able for one to have the level of maturity that even though you don't necessarily respect or like the person but you respect the position enough and you respect the chain of command enough to follow it and that's that shows a level of professionalism and a level of maturity that we need from this next generation of firefighters coming in you want y'all want to establish yourselves and have a great reputation and establish yourselves as the next generation coming in to make these older guys proud, to make the old hats proud and feel good about what they're leaving the fire service to. Do simple things like that because it shows that the structure that they all had to endure and come in under, you're willing to do the same. It's a, it's a true level of respect and professionalism for the individuals that will follow the chain of command up and down. Fire chiefs out there, officers out there, 
It goes for you too. It goes for you too. If you are a captain and you need to have a conversation with a firefighter, pull your EO in. If you read your fucking officer book, you probably know that. All the people that want to get all hyped up about certifications and shit like that, well, that's in the damn book. They, they call it in there having a witness to the meeting. But essentially what it is, is following your chain of command. That automatically gives you a witness to the meeting and to the conversation, which protects your ass legally from any kind of bullshit that could take place. But you do those things. I go back. At no point ever should a firefighter be in the fire chief's office having a closed door conversation without having their captain or the captain and the battalion chief whatever but their captain for sure present with them in that conversation no matter what kind of shit that the chief promises you no matter what kind of shit that comes out of that conversation if you care about your reputation if you care about the future of your career, do not set yourself up like that. When I'm getting messages from people all across the country asking me the same thing of how to handle this specific situation, because it's happening at 9 out of 10 departments, it's happening. People are calling rookie firefighters in because they're setting them up because it's exactly what the shit is. It's a setup, guys. It's, it's fucking bait. Y'all motherfuckers, obviously, y'all never did no shit where you had to keep your mouth shut in front of the police whenever you were growing up. Y'all must have been some straight snitches when the cops put you over and tell you on your friend for speeding. Damn. Stop the shit. They're setting you up. Take care of your reputation and take care of your crew. And the, one of the best ways to ensure that is by following the chain of command. If you don't, know, if you truly don't know what the chain of command is, then ask the senior guy above you, whoever's been there a little bit long. Ask them. But more than likely, if your department has any kind of SOG or policy handbook, anything like that, the absolute positive chain of command is more than likely in that book. Go educate yourself. Look and see. Some places, I worked at a place that some of the chief staff was not actually in the chain of command for some fucking reason. So you didn't even, they were not even in it. So you couldn't even necessarily go to them when it came to certain issues. And that was a singular department problem. And it caused a lot of problems because what department would the assistant fire chief not be in the chain of command? That's a completely other story. But I would have never have known that had I not read the policy handbook and, and broke that shit down. Because then I would have been in violation of, even when I was riding battalion chief, if I'm riding up as battalion chief at that department, the chain of command was the ride-up battalion chief or the period, the battalion chief on duty goes directly to the fire chief. They didn't go to the deputy chiefs or the assistant chiefs. That's... A whole other issue. So educate yourself on what your chain of command is for your department. Don't set yourself up for failure. Don't ruin your reputation. And just know that your career is going to be longer than that person that's asking you 
to violate the chain of command, no matter what level they are. If they're a captain, you're going to be there longer than that captain is. If you're the new guy coming in, you have the longest career left in the whole damn department. So take care of your reputation. It means something. It truly does. The fire service is a small world. And when I have people messaging me from all over the place talking about this, it's a major issue. So, guys, follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram. Go to thirdalarmcowboys.com. Y'all be sure and leave us a review. Share all the content that you want. Jump on the Third Alarm Cowboys Facebook group. Y'all can put any kind of information and kind of interaction. That's a that's a community. That's a team. Uh, really, I, I love the interaction that's coming in. I see the crew uh, photos and people posting pictures with their shirts on. All that. That's that's really cool to me. And uh, it just it means it means a whole lot of the the social media growth that has happened. Uh, for this this business and this organization of the Third Alarm Cowboys, I really think that that's it's it's pretty cool for a small town guy from from Deep East Texas. So that's the show, guys. I I really want to uh, I really hope that all of you understand the importance of the chain of command. I hope it was educational and, and giving you all a few examples on what not to do, and then some things we can do to try to solve the problems and try to make people understand. And, and educate people on what the chain of command truly is and, and what it means and what it does for the fire service. So, guys, we'll see you on the next one. Oh